dribbles to Ablett. Oh, Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken, Matthews in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Hey, Matthew. G'day to you, and g'day to you right around Australia, and in fact the globe on the World Wide Web. I'm Rex Hunt, and this is your footy life. And in the VFL and AFL, thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level and coached as well to a higher level. Some play and move on, others have more of an impact. They make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. Such is the case with our guest today. Playing 80 games for the Tigers and between 1964 and 1970 and being a member of the 1967 drought-breaking premiership side coached by Tom Hafey. He coached 139 games at the highest level at Richmond, St Kilda and back at Richmond. He uh, is just uh, just on the line now and we say very, very good day to you, Tony Jewell. G'day, Rex. How are you, mate? Well, I'm all right. Um, you know, I, I've got so much to talk to apparently, you know, about the culture of Richmond and how many coaches yeah. and how many years. But where did it all start for you? Because... I, I seem to recall when I was in the under-19s with Slug Jordan, when you arrived, you came from Oakley, who were playing in the VFA. Is that correct? That, that's right. Um, I started my, well, underage football at Caulfield, down at South Caulfield, and uh, a bloke by the name of Milne McCook, who was playing for Oakley, he played a few games with St Kilda, asked me to get my, and my brother to go up and uh, try up for, uh, for Oakley. I was 16 at the time, and um, I had no idea what the VFA was, but... Uh, I soon I soon learnt uh, the yeah. first practice game. Um, some bloke biffed me, and um, <laughs> <laughs> the first game of the year there was an all-in brawl against Sandringham. And uh, goodness me! So, yeah, so I soon, I soon woke up to what the BFA was about. That game down at Beach Road, Sandringham, didn't involve a member of the cloth who would on Sunday worship the good Lord and on Saturday belt the Scheisenhausen out here, was it? <laughs> Dennis Oakley, the, the, the Reverend Dennis Oakley. What a beauty, <laughs> mate! Mate, he, he, he could have walked on the walls. <laughs> the language in that, and he belched him. He, oh, mate, he was a beauty. And then, um, then um, Sabia from uh, the Devil uh, after the game. So <laughs> he was a beauty. Oh, I loved him. I played a bit in the VFA at the end of my career. It was a tough enough competition, but apparently, you know, before then in the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, before they started to play on Sunday, they would get big crowds on the VFA during the Saturday. Was that correct? Yeah, well, huge crowds. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, especially especially those sort of traditional sides, Port Melbourne and um, Williamstown, Oakley, Sandingham, those sort of sides, they draw huge crowds. And they genuinely disliked each other. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a real, um, gee, what would you call it? Um, uh, it was like in England, county against county. Yes. You know, suburb against suburb. And no one, I mean, Port Melbourne, they just born and bred in Port Melbourne, never left. And, yeah. and Danny Nong was another one of those tough sides, you know. They were, they were gee. And you played in that sort of, that I era did. when it was even, even better. I played in the Federal, which you're very familiar with, and uh, yeah. goodness me, uh, you either got tough or you died. You better go tadpoling because we played uh, we played the Peaks at Oakley District and all the rest of them, the Johnsons and the Joneses, and they were the offshoots of yours at Oakley. You couldn't make it there. They couldn't yeah. play, but they could fight, so they put them at Oakley Districts to belt a poor young kid from Parkdale up. That, well, well, I mean, uh, 
Gordon Peak used to work in the um, the the abattoirs, and then oh. and, and he and he brought along a whole lot of raw meat one day for Albie Pennant and nailed to the wall. We were playing Sandringham again, and Albie was running around whacking this raw meat and blood and stuff was flying everywhere. I mean, it was just a different, completely different era. It was just uh, mad. But it was. It. But but wasn't it fantastic? Oh uh, yeah. Tell tell us about. Uh, the first uh, approaches from Richmond or any other league club when you know you had a very very good first year, but you ran fourth in the Liston Trophy, which is just a great uh, effort for a young kid. Uh, did uh, many come knocking on the door, or was it mainly the Tigers? Well, I was uh, I, I was in St Kilda's area. I went to school at Brighton Tech, and Bob Murray uh, had been at Corbett State School with me. He got we gone on to uh, St Kilda, and yeah. Uh, I was at school with a bloke called Jimmy Reid, who played in St Kilda's 66 premiership sides. Anyway, I was connected to St Kilda, and um, they they asked me down to uh, to play in a practice game uh, after my third year. And um, I walked into the rooms, and I sort of knew a lot of them, but it was I hadn't even trained there. And uh, Alan Jeans came up to me and said, look, you're going to play in the centre and you're, you're against a bloke who can play a bit by the name of Ian Stewart. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think I even saw the ball, you know. Are there any questions? A, are there any are questions? Are there any questions? <laughs> uh, so I went home and the old man said, how'd you go? And I said, look, I don't think they're very interested in me. <laughs> but, but, but I knew Richmond were, and I said, I don't yeah. know how I'm going to get out of it. But as it turned out, a bloke called Don Brickett was president of Moorabbin. Yeah. was my old man's best mate. And St Kilda were wooing him to, to, to take over the Moorabbin ground. So the old man said, can you do me a favour? Get me a favour. See if uh, St Kilda will clear Tony to... Um, to, uh, to Richmond, and I've yes. no doubt Alan Jeans recalled my uh, effort in the centre against Ian Stewart. Yeah. So I got a clearance, and, uh, and that's yeah. how I finished up at Richmond. Uh, Tommy wasn't in the equation yet uh, when you went to Richmond. Uh, who no, were some well, other people? Uh, I think I think Len Smith might have been there teaching us to uh, flick pass in the under-19s, and then it was outlawed, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's how another reason why I got I actually had a couple of good seasons in the BFA, and Len Smith was coaching Coburg. Yeah, and uh, Graham Richmond had moved Len across the coach and asked him who who he thought was capable of playing, you know, VFL at that, 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 those years. And I know Albie Panham, who was our coach at Oakley, had pushed me up. Anyway, Len pushed me, and um, anyway, that's how I got there. And um, that's the greatest education I've ever had playing under Len yeah. Smith. Uh, 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 Len got crook, and I think Skinny Titus replaced him. And uh, I was a young kid from Parkdale, and you said, Rex, you got to, he doesn't talk, talk louder. You've got to sit in the front. <laughs> and I was covered, covered in saliva. Uh, and, you, and, and you and Mike Patterson and Swifty were giggling at the back for this young kid at Parkdale with pimples. Skinny. <laughs> he was different. I'll tell you what, not only skinny, but he's kicked over 900 goals. What a player. What a player. What oh. a player. He must have been. I mean, I never <laughs> obviously didn't see him play, but, I, gee, he was... He, he, I mean, he was just, he had no weight on him. He was tiny. He oh. was, he was um, gee, he, he must have, um, he was a non-drinker. He was unusual yeah. those days too. Yeah, but, but um, particularly oh, yeah, during he, the 60s and 70s, you're a non-drinker at Richmond. You were just like if you had the bubonic plague. Plague, wasn't it? But, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can remember when he took over from Len Smith and uh, he took us up to the boardroom to, for a meeting and uh, <laughs> our president, Ray Dunn, had just put down this beautiful pure wool yellow carpet <laughs> and um, we were sitting around the board table waiting for the teams to come out. And um, Anyway, Ray Dunn introduced Len, uh, the, the Jack Titus, and Jack 
had a gap in his teeth and he spat on the carpet. <laughs> <through> the cap- <laughs> well, I had to bite my wrist and stop laughing because it was very done. I thought it was going to have a stroke. He just went red in his face. He's- <laughs> I think Ray eventually did have a stroke. He used to he eat too did. many pies, but... Uh- you're listening to This Is Your Footy Life, folks, brought to you with Tobin Brothers' special uh, uh, best wishes. Not for you, Tony, although I can get 20% off for the prepaid. <laughs> We're talking to Tony Jewell. Uh, tell us about the Hafey era, you know, with Len Smith's crook, Skinny's coaching. When did the plan from Graham Richmond and the board come from going to the MCG for home grounds and, more importantly, Tony Jewell, playing six-foot-two uh, blokes on yeah. the wing? yeah. Well, that was a lot of Len Smith. So Len Smith set down the, uh, the, the style of game and I can remember Graham Richmond taking me away, recruiting one day, saying that Leonard told him, Look, just don't bring me anyone into the club that's under six foot unless he's an absolute out-and-out champion. Wow. He said, get me key position players and I'll turn them into anything. Yeah. And if you recall, Dickie Clay was a, a centre-half forward. He played him on the wing and... Um, you know, I, I same. I was six foot two and a half back flank. We were a huge side. I yes. remember going to the tribunal one night, and Alan Morrow was first rack for St Kilda. I towered over him. <laughs> you looked like and, a um, midget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, so we were a huge side, and and that long kicking game, um, bypassing the line in front oh. of you. I mean, it just suited the big, big, big blokes. And most, all those blokes could run too. Barry yeah. Richardson, David Cake, or yourself. I mean, it was it, it was, it was, huge it was there for the taking 67, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, you, you did very well in 66, I think, when we won the uh, reserves uh, and the under 19s uh, grand final. Did you play in that game? Sorry, Rex, that's 66. Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, what, a, what a team it was. Just absolutely, and then to see all of those blokes, uh, you know, make it the next year, and then a few of us the next year, it was absolutely yeah. sensational. Uh, must have been exciting. Uh, Graham Richmond, what a character, but he pointed it out that Richmond had been the kicking block for too many years, and Tigers, we've had enough, and we're not going to take it anymore. It was just inspirational stuff and a great place to be, Tony Jewell. Wasn't it? And it didn't matter what we did. I can remember going to do tug of war at the World of Sport and that, and we got beaten, and he was livid, you know, that we... Uh, you just Everything you did, you had to win yeah. for the Tigers, and it didn't matter what what it was at, and... Uh, yeah. Oh, he, you know, he, he. I don't know how he survived in the, in the in the climate of football these days. But gee, he was a revelation, wasn't he, to us? Uh, he was quite an intelligent man too. And uh, no tough, doubt, he, you know, and uh, he and Octa Wilson were just a, a great team. They 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 stuck up for the club at the VFL and AFL board, and uh, I mean, they didn't take nonsense from anyone, and they expected it on the field. And Tommy, I mean, t- Tommy was a tough little bloke himself. He, yes, he was. I mean, he, He'd just come he, out of the Goldman Valley, uh, captain coaching right. Shepparton into four consecutive flags, that's hadn't right. he? Yeah, yeah, he had. And um, But he uh, he introduced it. With Len, the style of game that Len introduced, Tommy just added that toughness and um, and fitness. God, we were fit. You know, I mean, yeah. it's... Um, so, um, and Tommy was a, a people's person and he just bonded us all together and away we went. It was, uh, But the recruiting, when you think about the pipeline of players oh. that came through that club in that area, gee, my. But I think also, Tony, I said, uh, you know, at, at a function uh, for at the Jack Dyer Centre the other day at Richmond that it, it was an attractive place to be. And uh, people like Robbie McGee and Paul Sproul, uh, people like Ricky McLean, no managers in those days. We just negotiated no. our $25 a win and $15 <laughs> a loss. But, Tony, you, you can explain it better than me. People contacted Richmond and said, how can I get a game for you, blokes? Yep. They, uh, well, 
I think when we started, I mean, Graham was one man band and he had contacts all over Australia, but people were, yeah. I mean, and I think Jack Dyer was a terrific help in those days, uh, recruiting around the country. But yeah, parents wanted their kids to come to the club. Yeah. Um, uh, but gee, I mean, when you look at some of the sides, that 66 uh, reserve premiership, that would win the grand final today. Just amazing. In the uh, first level. Yeah. Out of the break, we'll talk about that as well because I think even today it's true that you've got to have 20, about 28 blokes on your list, Tony, uh, just in case something goes wrong and Hawthorne are the perfect example. Uh, someone goes out, another person comes in, and you as a coach and a player, it should not be recognisable to the normal person in the stand, the style of play, because that's just the, uh, the make-up of the game. Yep. Yep, now I agree. Um, you're good. It'd be, I'll, give you, I'll give you another go out of the break. Folks, take a break. <laughs> Realise you're listening to This Is Your Footy Life, brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating the footy life, and we're talking to Tony Jewell. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. <laughs> Richmond Premiership player Tony Jewell has joined us and Richmond Premiership coach Tony Jewell is with us as well. The only living Premiership coach. And I was watching an old Mike Sheehan uh, open mic with you uh, a few weeks back and Tony, you just said, I think it was 18 months ago, you're on there. Exciting times at Richmond and you're just about to welcome another flag back to uh, Punt Road and Vickery's the one to put them on uh, on the road. Where do you think it went wrong with that prediction? Um, well, I'm still, I'm still hoping it, it's not wrong. I'm still got hope for him. I mean, he's still only 25 or something, and he's six yeah. or eight. And, uh, gee, you, 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 yeah. And if if he could start influencing a game, you know, with, along with Rewald, I mean, it'd make yeah. a huge difference to him. But he's just so. Much he reminds, he reminds, reminds me of Eric Moore. You got to put a you know a cracker under his backside and just say you've kicked seven against Collingwood and you can't get a kick against Fitzroy. I, I just need. I'm yelling from the commentary position because how would you and me like to have the size, the agility, the marking power, and the accuracy? The only problem is at the moment he can't get the ball. He goes. Old Jack Dyer said he goes goes where the ball ain't. <laughs> it's no but good he, being with the ball ain't. Ball ain't. No. And yeah. he, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to control myself. He wouldn't be able to play under me. Some of his efforts. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be out of a tree. I don't have the players put up with him. Yeah. Um, he got undoubted ability. And you're right. He'll kick seven goals one day, and the next day he does give, give a yell. Well, it's so. all about consistency, and of course, it you is. know, he's still got plenty of time. So I hope to, I might interview in a few weeks, a few years' time, and say, well, you were right. Wouldn't it be lovely? It just yeah. seems so long ago, 1980, and we'll get on that for a moment. Uh, after 67, you were a member of a side that broke a drought, and Richmond were off and running in their golden era. Uh, in the early 70s, you found yourself at Caulfield as playing coach. And uh, yeah. I can remember those days, Tone, uh, that the VFL was played on a Saturday, the VFA on the Sunday, yep. and my goodness me, it was all roads leading to the Caulfield Oval, Oval for the Richmond players because we just followed you in droves. Well, that's an exciting time for you. And number two, how important was it for the apprenticeship of the coaching career that you were just about to embark on? Oh, look... Um that was was important. Um, I mean, I I never had any grand designs ever coach it. I mean, I went coaching because I just got married and I needed needed money, and you got more money to play. Yes. Plus, a lot of my mates from school, my brothers all played down there. My father used to be president. But um, 
the, the lovely thing about that was that so many Richmond players not only came down and watched us play, but Neville Crow came down and played, came out of retirement. Paddy yes. Ganane, Eric Moore, you know, with John Perry, it went on and on. The the the, the, the mates that I played with it, that um, at Richmond uh, came down and uh, and joined us. And um, yes, a lot of the attraction was the aftermatch show where uh, all the blonde <laughs> Brighton girls got to, of course. <laughs> Goodness you couldn't get a girl me. there. You'd need to. Uh, you'd go home and slit your wrist. But um, <laughs> but it was a wonderful time. And, and most of those blokes are still my those Caulfield fellows are still very good friends of mine. In fact, a lot of them are running. I help running uh, the Serno Football Club down here, so which is a very successful club. Well, it is, it, and, and their lunch is legendary oh, and uh, just yep. absolutely magnificent. Uh, you took uh, Caulfield. <clears throat> beg your pardon. You took Caulfield from the second division to the first division in winning the flag. And uh, you must have been very, very proud. From memory, I you were a playing coach, weren't you? Yeah, yep, I was. How yeah. difficult was that, or how good was it? Uh, well, it was like everything. I mean, I didn't find it difficult um, uh, at all. I had some good, good people on the bench, and but I just uh, I, actually I found it a bit of an advantage, you know, to yes. be on the on the spot and. Um, and I certainly wasn't a dominant player. I think it did affect my form, but I, I, I still still had it held up my end. But uh, I thought it was an advantage looking back on it. We actually, when Richmond asked me to get back to Coastal Reserves, I asked Graham Richmond whether I could play um, uh, as a playing coach there, but they, they wouldn't allow me, and they just said, look, you're, you're taking the place of a young bloke. But, yeah. um, but I actually enjoyed the playing coaching. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Barry Richardson uh, in 1978 uh, felt the wrath of the club that he gave a lot of blood, sweat and tears to and they came after you. Tell us about the approach and tell us about the appointment and uh, tell us about that exciting era that uh, culminated in that wonderful flag in 1980. Well, it's fun. I never even got interviewed for that job. I'd I'd coached the reserves to a premiership uh, the year that Barry got the the sack. um, Yeah. Next thing I know, my name is being bandied around, and someone someone asked me uh, if I was, would be interested in this, coaching the seniors, and I said, oh, "Of course, you know." And I mean, I've never ever got interviewed for the job, but I suppose, like I mean, I was the they knew what I was about, and I'd yes. coach the reserves to a premiership. So different days. Uh, next thing I know, I was up in um, on the trip away up in the go- on the Gold Coast, and found out I was a coach of the Tigers. So. Fantastic. And then fortuitously, uh, you know, I still had Francis Burke and Kevin Bartlett and all those, like a lot of Merv Kane, David yes. Kane, a lot of blokes that played under Tommy. So it was a pretty easy job, really. And um, we, we uh, I was fortunate enough to be involved in the 80 Premiership. There's been a lot of publicity yeah. of good Richmond people saying, and including yourself as a Richmond person, that one of the greatest blues that Richmond ever made in getting John Petura was letting go Brian the Whale Roberts, yeah. Graham Teasdale and Francis Jackson uh, because the latter two, well, the middle bloke, uh, Teasdale, won a, won a Brownlow. Jackson became an extremely co- uh, complex confident and very, play. very confident player on half-back. But the whale was the breath <clears throat> of Absolutely. what spirit in the club room was concerned. <clears throat> Pardon me, did you have the same thing with Michael Malthouse, Jim Jess and uh, the General Lee and Waitman and all those blokes? How much was the mongrel in that 1980 group contributing to what was one of the great golden years of this club? Oh, there's no doubt. Um, 
that was a pretty tough side. I mean, you got, oh, you got, and, 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 that, and, and I still reckon that's a big factor in, in, in good sides. That if you haven't got that toughness, um, yeah. you, you, you can have all the school in the world. And I mean, you, there was Emmett Dunn, there was Brian Wood. I mean, they, oh. gee, I mean, they were, that was a very tough side. Little Dale Wait was as tough as nails. Rangey yeah. was as, you know, that was a, that was a very, very strong, aggressive, <clears> tough <throat> side. As with as with Tommy Tony Jewell, uh, could you, even though you were good mates with these blokes, go down on a Tuesday night and say, "I'm going to run you till your noses bleed. You're not going to leave until we do some Indian file." Did you did you think at times that was warranted when the boys in brackets might have just got a little bit ahead of themselves? Oh yeah, I was very much a you know I even mean, brought up under Tommy and Graham and those sort of people. And, and, yeah. And, uh, no, I was a great believer in that, and I had a. My fitness bloke, a bloke called Peter Grant, who was also my business partner. Oh, the grub down uh, in the Western the Port grub, Marina. Yeah, yeah. And now he, now he's helping my son coach uh, Sorrento. So he, wow. But he, but he would run him. He, he ran a terrific program, and he, he'd come to me. and said, "Look, I reckon we need to um, really give these blokes a workout." And um, yeah, uh, yeah, which he, which he used to do. So they didn't look. Uh, they didn't enjoy not playing well or losing games. I tell you, because the next week they knew they knew that they were in for a bit of a hard time. But that the was ruthless, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time's getting away, but I've got to cover this. This is magnificent. The ruthlessness of Richmond Football Club came to the fore when they sacked you in 1981 after winning the flag in 1980 to make way for Saint Francis Burke, yep. one of the great uh, sons of all time. And they gave him the flick too. So you must have felt so bad when they gave when when they said Francis, it's don't come Monday. But they went through <laughs> they went through more coaches in about ten years than I went through underpants. Yeah, ridiculous, wasn't it? When you think back on it, um, I knew uh, I kept uh, Graham Richmond kept coming to me and saying, "Francis is finished. You know, uh, you've got you've got to tell him. You know, you can't keep playing. The game's up." But I knew full well because everyone on the board, I had some good mates on the board. And they said, as soon as uh, Francis has finished playing, uh, he'll be the next coach. He'll, he'll get the. So I, I kept playing Paul Francis till he. <laughs> I ran him into the ground because I knew the minute he was gone. <laughs> uh, but he's a great man, and uh, I don't regret, you know, you know him taking over. Or, yeah. But um, but he's what a what a servant of the club he's been. What a thrill it's been to catch up with Tony Jewell. Not only, uh, you know, a great member of my club, Richmond Football Club, and no matter where I've been, anywhere in the world, Richmond is my club. But uh, we're also premiership players and life members of the Richmond Footy Club. Uh, what do you do with yourself now, Tony? Because you sound, uh, you sound pretty in a pretty good place. You, you sound really up and about. Well, you won't believe it. Maybe no one does, but I do a lot of painting and drawing and sketching. I'm sitting over in my uh, little... Um, uh, studio now um so i i play golf a couple times a week and i spend the rest of the week just um sketching and painting and drawing and then at night having a wine with a lovely wife and just magnificent uh, a lot of mates down here from the caulfield days and it's just uh yeah no i'm enjoying life mate tell you what how long how long since you met margaret because that's got to be together with my beautiful lynn two of the great mismatches of all time they talk about <laughs> opposites <clears throat> And you nearly ran my wife over when you double parked up there at the hairdressing uh, area did. in Latrobe Street. Uh, she was just a world-class model, and she still is. Uh, how does this happen with blokes like you and I? 
Well, everyone's asked, he's asked me that. I did, I nearly <laughs> ran up the back of a car when I saw your wife walking up the street in a mini, and then uh, and I didn't realize I was her, and I jumped out of the car to shut her up. I thought, my God, it's Rex's girl, anyway. So, <laughs> Mate, this yeah. has been magnificent. Uh, <clears throat> isn't it amazing, just, just finishing up, and I'll just say this, that Every year we get together, and it's as if we have never, ever been apart. You know, you can it see is. Cement Ed, Eric Moore walking yeah. after 20 years, or you see Eric Leach, or you see George McGuinness. We're all a great family, and it's been lovely to chat to you with today, and uh, thanks for being my guest on This Is Your Footy Life, Tony Jewell. Absolute pleasure, Rex. Great to talk to my friend and colleague, Tony Jewell. And folks, if you check us out, check us out on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. And this is your footy life for Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives.